people, as our children, as our youngsters go out this morning to do their different things, whether they're preparing for our carol service, whether they're hearing from your word, or in all of this, Lord, we just give it to you. We pray, Father, anointing upon what they do, that your Holy Spirit will minister into their time together and that you will bless them, that you will grow them and that you will take them on to maturity in you. Lord, this we pray over our young people and over our children, Father, in this church. And we pray over ourselves. In your name. Amen. Amen. Right, where's my, where's my doobry? Ah, there it is. Are we talking? Is this talking? Yes, it is. Excellent. Okay, it's working. Right, as you will have seen from that, as you will have seen from that, today is the first day of Advent. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure about you. How many, let's have a show of hands. Let's be a bit different. How many of you regularly celebrate Advent in this church? Okay, that sort of fits with where I am. I, I, my background is not regularly to be celebrating Advent. I don't, the, the, the closest I ever got to Advent was one of those calendars with lots of chocolates in. Right? And I used to look forward to that when I was a kid. I had no idea what it was about. It was just chocolate. Every morning from the 1st of December, there was a piece of chocolate for me. But actually, I've been thinking about it again this morning. And what I want to talk about, we're starting this sort of mini-series. We're just John and I are preaching from this passage. And we've, we've sung it this morning. We've talked about it this morning. A child is born is the overall. And a, and a son is given. And then we're looking, we're looking at that passage. And I was sort of thinking, oh, how, do we, how do I flag this up? How do we start this off? And, and the Lord sort of put this in my mind. Okay, I've got a blowtorch here, and I thought, it's Advent, isn't it? So what is Advent? And I started looking into Advent and started thinking about it. Advent, what does it mean? Advent is a Latin, or comes from a Latin word, which means the coming of or the arrival of. And um, the Cambridge English Dictionary very helpfully says, it is the beginning or arrival of a person, event, or invention. So, Advent is arrival or coming. So today, and this is where this comes in, today we are going to light the first of our Advent calendars. You see, Advent is about four weeks leading up to Christmas. Now, I, don't, I know this because I looked on Google and it told me, okay? Advent is about the four days leading up to Christmas, four days, four weeks leading up to Christmas, when we light a candle, now, the tradition I know comes from the Catholic Church, but it has been absorbed into the Protestant Church as well. So there's many Protestant churches. Everybody from the Anglican to the Baptists and many, many others do celebrate Advent and do this thing of lighting candles. If we were in a, a Catholic Church, I dare say these four candles, which you may not be able to see from there, but I will move them forward to there so that's slightly more visible... These four candles would be different colours, and the colours would all mean something. But for me, it's just good enough that we've got candles, because, <laughs> all right. And we're going to light the first of these candles to mark the first of four weeks leading up to Christmas. 
Let me light this candle. I told you I came. I, I wasn't going to not have this candle light. Okay, I have my blowtorch. I'll try not to light the greenery. There you go. That is the first of our Advent candles for this year. And it is the four weeks that lead up to Christmas where we anticipate the coming of Christmas. But I've just been challenged this year. Even the songs, I mean, I'm so blessed by those songs we were singing earlier on. And I've really been challenged that we are... I want us to be anticipating, I want the Advent for us this year to be one of anticipating Jesus as the coming, as the arrival of the Messiah, the baby born in a stable in a town called Bethlehem. And I, I, I started reading the story and I want to read it, I want, I want to read the whole, this whole story and I've, I've actually put the story together from from two um, two parts, I think. That should, there you go. Um, I want to put this story from two parts, from Matthew chapter one eighteen to twenty three, and then I'm going to jump into Luke chapter two one to nine. And I want to tell the story again. I want us to read the story. The big problem I think that a lot of us have now, if you're not used to church, if you're not come to church all the time, you may not have this thought because the, the story may be new or it may not be as sort of Worn out. Excuse that. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be irreligious. But in some ways, the story is sort of worn out because we've heard this story. We know the story. We've seen the children doing it at the front um, at the nativity scenes. We've we've heard the songs. We've heard all the stuff. We've seen the, the the displays in the shops and all of that stuff. And the danger is that we will lose something. And that is why I want us to celebrate this year. I want us to celebrate Advent because I want to take time because part of lighting those four candles is to give us pause to think about what we are coming up to as church. I know the world out there celebrates something very different. I know they don't get it. That doesn't mean we don't have to not get it. And I felt that it, what I wanted to, and I want to read the story to you again of this, the Christmas story, and I want you to be amazed. I read this story, and I just stopped and I listened to it as well. And I was amazed at what was in it. This story that has become so familiar to some of us. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, 
The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then in Luke. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancient towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared amongst them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Just think about that story. There's some amazing things in there. When you just stop, stop just thinking about a baby in a manger. Yes, it was a baby in a manger. But you start thinking about what was happening, where they were, who these people were, what actually happened. What do we see? Jesus was not born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, less than a thousand people. This was an insignificant town. Okay, it may have been the the, the town of David, one of the greatest kings, but this was a small hamlet. This was not in front of everybody. This wasn't going to make a big noise. You didn't have lots of people coming in, going to the temple, and seeing something incredible happen. What you see here is Jesus born in an insignificant stable amongst the animals. Who knows what that smelled like? Bad enough having to clean out the cat's tray, let alone anything else. An insignificant, sleepy town. An insignificant man and woman and his fanfare, for goodness sake, was to an insignificant group of shepherds out there on the fields protecting their sheep. Unto us. A son is born. That song we sang, John, that was, that was anointed. Mary, did you know? Think about it. Think about what you sang. Yes, I think Mary did know. Because she'd been visited by the angel. She knew. The Holy Spirit had come upon her. Something amazing had happened in her life. But she was a woman. This four weeks... This four weeks is this seismic event that we're celebrating. We get, we get sidetracked by all the rubbish, noise, heat bubble, splash, flash, dash, food, rubbish presents, one or two really good presents, and Christmas trees, and baubles, and traffic jams, and queues in the shop, and we get caught on that, 
And my word is, it's Advent. Let us drag ourselves back. And let's be aware. Let's be aware. This seismic event, this seismic event in history, we're waiting four weeks. We have four weeks of Advent. You know, they had 700 years of Advent waiting for this to actually happen. If you go back, if you go back and look and see, you will find that Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ came. And in that prophecy, he said this, All right then, and he's talking to Israel because he's a bit fed up with them. So he says, All right then. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. Sorry, wrong one. All right then. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come to that one in a minute. All right then. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which God's God with us. What was that story we read? A virgin was with child. A virgin gave birth. Let's not lose that. It was a virgin that gave birth. Oh, that can't happen. No, 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 really, that, that, that really can't happen. No, well, we know, don't we? No, no, that, that just, no. It did. That's what's so amazing. It did. What else did Isaiah say? For a child, there you go, a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, that brings us to our topic. So at Advent, we're heading into looking at this passage. Isaiah 6, 9, 700 years before, maybe a few years either way. A child was born to us. A son is given. I want us to just pause. I want to give you this morning two things to think about as you head into Advent this year. Two distinct statements that we find in that passage. A child is born to us and a son is given to us. A child is born and a son is given. Two distinct statements. A child is born to us. Do you know, those first two, first two words, I have, as I've lived with this over the last few weeks, as I've been thinking about it and praying about this, I suddenly saw something. I've heard these words read so often. How many times have you been in, in, in carol services and heard those words? How many times have those words been spoken? How much do they impact your thinking? What is the thought that pings into your mind when you hear that? Christmas. If I'm honest... But I felt the Lord saying, no, there is something absolutely amazing and wonderful in these two phrases. And I know that I have missed that wonderful truth, that loaded, how loaded that phrase is. Jesus Christ was a child born. A child is born to us, a human being. Jesus was a human being. Jesus was a real bear, baby. Mary gave birth to him. That was in that song. 
Wasn't it wonderful how the author of that song wrote about Mary giving birth and how Jesus was going to, what was it, was it not giving birth? Mary delivering and Jesus delivering. Jesus was born. He was a human being. He was flesh and blood. Just as you and I are. His mother went through the same process to give birth to him that your mother gave for you to come into this world. He was born, and there's no way of getting away from that. Scripture is so clear. He was born. Why am I laboring this? Well, you may say, oh, but, but I know the Lord. I know this. I've known this for years. Yeah, but is it catching your heart? Jesus came as a man. He was born. He was a real man, absolute man. Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus was not fully, utterly man. He was. And he, I'll explain that to you. Yes, he was begotten by the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was born to a virgin. It was prophetic. It was amazing. It was beyond reality. It was so beyond reality that most people can't believe that it's true. Because nobody can have a baby without having sex first. And excuse me for getting blunt about this, but Mary did not. And Jesus was born. But he was a man. He was a human being. This is so, so very important. John 1.14 says this. It says, So the Word became human and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Why is this so important? And this is what I want us to ponder on and, and be amazed about. Because the Son of God became a man, born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a stinky manger for you and for me. He became man because it was the only way. Jesus is the only way that we can come to God. Again, you may say, but I know this. I've been in church all this time, I know this. Yeah, but how often do you sit down and think about it? Let it stir in your heart. Let it build faith in you. Let it stir your desire for the Holy Spirit to control you and fill you and and give you passion and give you a joy and break through into this messy world in which we live. I think sometimes I am guilty of saying, ah, that's a gospel message. I know the Lord already. But that message still should impact me because it is phenomenal. It is the only way that God could fix the problem of sin. The only way. Jesus himself said this about himself. For even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, came not to be served, but to serve others. Yes, he was talking to the disciples, and they were having some argument about who was going to be the best and all the rest of it. But he said, listen, guys, I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve. I came to give my life, to give his life as a ransom for many. And then Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Though he was God, though he was God, and we'll come back to that in a minute, but he's man. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to be clinged to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave, and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. A man. A man 
able to die in your place and my place. Because we need it. Every single one of us this morning needs it. Some of us are more aware of that than others. But there is not one person in this room that does not need Christ to die for you, for me. He had to be human. He had to be fully human. For the very simple reason that it was humanity that had sinned. When Satan broke God's commands, when Satan sinned, that, that, that deadly, demonic virus of sin was passed on to both Adam and Eve and every single child that was born following that was infected with it. If you don't think that can be true, not as a very good illustration, but let me just say it. There, was, there, were, there has been a time, you know, with, with, with certain viruses that people have. And if they have a child with that virus, that virus is passed on to the child. You see, sin is passed on. Scripture says there is nobody that's perfect. Nobody comes up to God's standards. Isaiah 53.5, we're looking back 700 years again. Isaiah was prophesying this forward again. But he was pierced for our rebellion, for our sins, it says in a different version. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. A child is born to us to stand in our place and take our punishment. Why a child is born means that Christ was a real human being, a complete human being. And yet, as we see from Scripture, a human being without sin. He, he could take our punishment, because anybody else dying would have to die for their own sin. And then we come to the second part. A son is given. You see, the big problem, the big problem with sin is, the big problem with humanity is that because of this sin that's passed on generationally, let alone the stuff we do, which, which takes us away from God, but this sin that's passed on to us down through the generations from, from Adam, the big problem is there is no member of Adam's race. There is no human that could stand sinless before God and say, look, take me. Spare them. Just like having a gang of thieves, and one of the thieves goes in up to the, 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 uh, the judge and says to the judge, listen, let them all off, just take me. Well, you've all done it, so I can't. It needs somebody outside. God stepped in. A son was given. But this is how God loved the world. And I've seen this in a slightly different way. So often, this John 3.16, again, if you've been in church a long time, you just know this, John 3.16, God so loved the world, that he, and you can rattle it off. There is some wonderful truth. And I just suddenly saw this links into uh, the, the Isaiah 6.9. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son unto us, you know, a Son is born 
And to us, sorry, and to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. God so loved the world that he sent, he gave his only begotten son. I saw that and I thought, wow, this is just Christmas. Wow. Let me just read a a bit more to you from John. John 1. 15 has this wonderful, beautiful, it's, it's, it's written almost poetically when you look at it in scripture. And in there, this word, the word, it says in the beginning, the word, that word, it's word logos, is speaking about Jesus, it's speaking about God. Let me read it to you and, and just see, in the beginning, the word already existed, the word was with God, and the word was God, he existed in the beginning with God, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And just to make sure you understand who he's talking about, in verse 14, John says this, So the word became human and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. Jesus is totally God. Totally human, totally God. Two things. Don't ask me to fully explain it to you to fully understand it. I don't know. And I have no hesitation in saying that. In fact, I'm proud to say I don't know and I don't understand. Because if I could, it means I would be like God and I wouldn't need God anymore. But I don't know. I don't understand how it works, but I understand that it's true. It was prophesied 700 years before it happened, and it is true in my life. I have experienced it. The Word became human and made his home amongst us. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is God's Son. Jesus is God. Look at Colossians, just to drive the the, the point home. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is God. He is man. He is God. I'm laboring this because I want us to capture this. I want us to get excited about this. When we sit down around our table with our candles in the middle and our, well, we're having chicken this year, but whatever it is we're eating on Christmas Day, I want you not to sit there and think about how hard you've had to work to get it all on the table or all the rest of it. I want you to sit there and I want you in your hearts to gratefully say, Thank you, God, for you coming. That you were a real man. That you sat and you ate and you talked and you made things with your hands. You argued with guys in the temple. (laughs) You were real. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. And through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen worlds. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Jesus is the Son given. Jesus was the, is the baby that was in the manger. This is important because only God is sinless 
and someone sinless had to die, only Jesus lived that perfect life, and so therefore he was qualified to die. He was truly God. He was truly man. He was truly sinless. He was truly able to die for us. There's just one last thing I want to say before I finish. There are two little words in that passage that we just read. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. How will we respond? How will we respond? How will I respond? We make this personal for me. How will I respond this Christmas? I've already been impacted by this. Every time I think about this now, I just get really excited. Because of the reality of what I'm going to celebrate. I'm not just celebrating Christmas anymore. I'm celebrating the birth of my Saviour. I'm celebrating the the stepping into, into time of the creator of the universe. Do you get that? Oh, I so when we were singing that song about Mary, I just had this desire in my heart to be able to look him, physically just see him and talk to him and say, Jesus, you're amazing. That's what thinking about this in this way has done for me. That's what Advent this year is stirring in me. And I want to pass that on to you. I want us to get excited about what it is we are truly celebrating. Not in a religious way. And by that I mean not not sort of just by parroting things, but actually allowing it to impact us at a very deep level. If you know Christ, if you've walked with him, if you're born again, if you've asked God to come into your life, if you've said you want him to help you through life and and, and to be the one that gives you focus and direction and, and, and protection and all those things, if you've done that, then please let this spur you to be grateful for what we are going to celebrate. And it's really worth celebrating that. And if you don't know him this morning, if you're here and you don't really quite understand what I'm talking about, if you have never met Jesus, if you've never had a conversation with him, if you've never asked Christ to come into your life, you never said to him, I need help. I need help in my life. I need, I need some direction. I need, I need some, 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 I need your hand upon me. I need somebody to help me through life. If you've never done that, if you've never come to him and asked him for his forgiveness, because he is the only way, then I just want to encourage you. I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask us all to close our eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you agree with me in that prayer, then I want you just to say, you haven't got to stand up, you haven't got to put your hands up. None of that's, none of that at the moment. I just, I just want you to say to God, yes, that's, that's what I want. And if you do that, I want to say, just talk to one of us afterwards. There's me, there's all the guys that were on stage that's here. There's, there's loads of people you can talk to. If that's you, let's just pray a moment before I close. Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you that you came as a child. And I want to thank you that you came to help me. You came to save me. You came to show me how to get through life. You came to give me eternity. You came to bring peace and quietness to my spirit and my soul. You came to rescue me 
from my sin that was taking me to hell. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I want you to come into me now. I want you to come, I want you to speak to me, and I want you to make yourself real to me. I want to discover you as a person. And so will you come to me now? Will you come and show yourself to me? Because I want to give my life to you, for you to show me how to live it and where to go. I want to give you all my sin, all that stuff that I can't deal with. And I want you to take it because you came as a real man and yet you were fully God to take the sin and all those problems that I carry. So Lord Jesus, I ask you to do that now in your name. Amen.